0: From Alaska Teen Media Institute, I'm Jordan Kell. This is Film Club, a podcast series where our youth film critics and cultural connoisseurs spill the theoretical tea on a new movie. So these are spoiler-filled conversations, folks. If you haven't seen the movie they're talking about, be prepared to learn far more about them than the trailers will tell you. Studio Ghibli is a Japanese animation company responsible for some of the most renowned and beloved animated films of all time. Founded in 1985, it has produced hand-drawn animated classics like Spirited Away, Princess Mononoke, Grave of the Fireflies, and many more. This year, many of the films from the studio's co-founder, Hayao Miyazaki, are getting a theatrical re-release in the US, so we thought we could revisit his works as they are coming back to the big screen. Miyazaki's first film to screen was his 1988 feature, My Neighbor Totoro. It tells the story of Mei and Satsuki, sisters who moved with their father to a new home in the countryside while their mother is sick in the hospital. As the sisters begin to explore their new surroundings and long to be reunited with their mother, they meet Totoro, a massive, furry spirit creature in the forest. Atme producers Zinn Rogers and Madison Knudsen sat down to discuss the movie, how its narrative style compares to American films, and its legacy among the Studio Ghibli collection.
1: Well, hi Madison.
2: Hello.
1: I'm Zinn as you know but uh for everybody else i'm zen um i'll be hosting this conversation with madison Knudsen.
2: hello yes i yes i'm madison Knudsen. uh yeah uh just i guess to introduce myself i'm a studio ghibli newbie that's what i'll define myself as
1: yeah and then kind of on the flip of that i'd say I'm i'm pretty knowledgeable i haven't seen everything but i've seen close to it i think like minus three films in the entire studios filmography uh is what I'm missing so I'm pretty knowledgeable so I think that that'll add some fun contrast to our conversation so just going right in have you seen My Neighbor Totoro before
2: uh yeah I'd seen it like once before and then I watched it a second time just like rewatch it uh yeah I think it was just a few months ago so fairly recent um yeah
1: And so what were your kind of, on your first viewing and then on the second viewing, initial reactions, how did you feel about
2: the movie? Um, I think my initial reaction when it ended was it was actually, it felt very short. Um, It was, but like not like a letdown, if that makes sense. Um, I think it kind of, I thought it would be something a little grander and a little like longer, but then it was kind of just a slice of life story. Um, That kind of Ended, I guess it ended where it needed to end though, but I thought there would be more.
1: Yeah, sure. Had you seen any other Studio Ghibli movies before, Toto?
2: Yes, I watched, oh my gosh. Um before that, I'm trying to think what I watched before. I watched Whisper of the Heart. Okay. Pretty obscure one actually. Um uh, Whisper of the Heart only yesterday, I believe I might have been watched before that. Um what else? I think there was another one I keep I forgot kind of what it was um because I tried to go in order when okay. like starting to watch them um it was Nausicaa Valley of the Wind it was that okay. one yeah I can I've yeah
1: <laughs> no I was like no of those three Nausicaa is the only one directed by Haya Miyazaki which kind of like the name as you know the name yeah director of Studio Jubilee after seeing Nausicaa and then going into My Neighbor Totoro, they're very different movies. Yeah. Uh, your expectations for Totoro set by that movie and how were they kind of changed?
2: Um, they I guess it kind of showed the um, dynamic nature of Studio Ghibli and how like it's not... like A lot of people try to make it out like Hayao Miyazaki is Studio Ghibli, but there's so many other directors that kind of make up Uh, studio ghibli um but yeah it was it was really different and it kind of showed like he can do these like drawn out like sagas um but then you have other directors who do more of the slice of life fantasy um and you can also do like fantasy that is dramatic like with princess mononoke which i've also seen
1: yeah another one that's pretty different Mm -hmm. from my neighbor totoro Kind of going on that conflict-free aspect that separates My Neighbor Totoro from kind of the other movies that you've seen of Miyazaki's. Uh, My Neighbor Totoro, it's a largely conflict-free movie. Like, outside of the 20-minute section towards the end where May disappears and is lost, there's very little stakes. It's mostly just a slice of life about rural Japan. Do you think that this is a positive or a negative for the world that the film is creating, and how does that maybe contrast with other Ghibli films?
2: Yeah, I think, I think it's actually a positive because I think with a lot of movies, you kind of want to have all that conflict and a lot of movies necessitate the conflict. But I think what this movie is getting at is it's sort of, you know, it's slice of life. It's teaching lessons without having like active conflict. So like throughout the whole thing, there kind of is a conflict with their mother, um and that's kind of going on in the background um and as well like adjusting to a new environment but it's not like in the forefront of the movie which uh, kind of also allows it to be a children's movie but also for adults because adults can maybe focus in on the conflict but children can just be like oh Totoro and that like uh fun fantasy elements of it so yeah I think I think it really works for the movie.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, I think Miyazaki's strength is conflict through world building. This movie, obviously, Kiki's Delivery Service, which is another one of my favorites, bearded away kind of as the prime example where the world itself is where a lot of the conflict and a lot of the storytelling comes from. And I think that My Neighbor Totoro is a perfect example of that where because of how well developed and magical the world feels, and I, I hate to use this term because it problematic in its own ways but it does describe it like the magical realism of Mm -hmm. the world i think is really well done and that allows for conflict to emerge just from the settings and for us to be immersed just because of the setting not because of any like story beats which i think to kind got to move on to another question is very different from like the american film standard with like the three-act structure Mm -hmm. um and like the protagonist and antagonist how do you think that those two kind of ways yeah those two kinds of filmmaking approaches differ which one do you maybe prefer
2: um I think it it really depends sort of with the movie I guess uh but the mainstream American movie like this would be a really odd choice for an animated movie in the U.S. like I think a lot of audiences aren't like trained like you said to uh like kind of have a movie where there isn't really a three act structure. Yeah. Um, a, like I there's a few movies that are kind of moving that way. Uh, one that's coming into my mind it's not animated, but like Napoleon Dynamite doesn't really have a three act structure. It's kind of just like people doing things. Um, but that's like considered in, in in the indie movie or like kind of like uh more occult classic rather than a mainstream. But I would have to say that I don't like favor one over the other. But I really do like uh, what uh, Totoro does with kind of just showing, showing a life. Like, um, but I think with people who are used to three act structure in America, would they would definitely be lost? Because I think I've heard people kind of you know, especially me and then others be like, oh, well, I thought this movie, like they were going to go on a journey or something. Um, But then it just ends up being, you know, these interactions with um, Totoro, sort of like it feels almost like a a book of like little novels or little um, vignettes uh, throughout the whole thing, um, which is not typical of um, a lot of movies. But I think in certain... In certain cases I like the three act structure, and in certain cases I don't. Um and I think that Studio Ghibli does that a lot in their they kind of switch between genres. And um yeah, I think it works.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think each one has a place, um, for sure. And I think too, uh, despite having a decent amount of mainstream success um in America, the like idea of uh a slice of life story is still kind of unfamiliar to like the wide, wide audiences outside of like the mainstream ish niche that like Ghibli films are able to Mm -hmm. carve themselves into. Because they do obviously have quite a bit of, uh, quite a bit of influence in America, but um, kind of moving on, but staying on that same thread. Hayao Miyazaki is using a lot of Japanese Shinto or like the traditional Japanese religion uh, based around like animism and, Forest nature magic, um, in as a major kind of influence in his films, and especially in My Neighbor Totoro, um, I forget the terms, but the uh Totoro and all the spirits are very often referred to by, especially if you watch the sub, by Shinto names. So for a Japanese audience, that's something that will ring very deeply. But neither one of us are Japanese. Mm-hmm. Um, so how does the perspective on the themes and the particularly the Shinto themes of the film change? for us as non-Japanese people.
2: Yeah, I think we kind of, when we see kind of, they talk about the forest spirit and all of that, we want to kind of go to mother nature and what we see with that. It's very different. I guess how I see it is, you know, I, uh, I kind of see it as a, you know, it is a different culture and I have that perspective, but I think to maybe a few kids, it might just seem like, like just fantasy elements they made up and they may not understand um, the like cultural relevance of the kind of plot details but I also think that the use of like a lot of the Shinto kind of themes, even if you're not looking at it culturally is a good kind of discussion for like, just like how we treat nature and like our, our involvement with nature. I think another movie that touches on it really, um, a lot is, uh, Princess Mononoke. Um, and I had a, like, I had to, watch it for our class and we like had a whole discussion and we kind of we focused on like pollution and stuff so I think we really relate it to like real things happening and not necessarily to the cultural aspects but then it's really interesting when you do get into it to like learn about and like um see throughout the, all the different Ghibli movies like um how you kind of get these different details about um, Japanese culture, not fully, but like just the little ones that, uh, you know, Miyazaki and all the other directors are influenced by.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think there's a universality to the way that Hayao Miyazaki presents Shinto without ever losing its specificity, which I think is a very hard thing to do, but Hayao Miyazaki has never kind of faltered in his ability to do that. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So kind of moving on outside of the more thematic, discussion onto the animation, Hayao Miyazaki is kind of legendary within the animation community for hand-drawing almost every single frame. He basically draws everything except for the cells. I think, like, in his most recent movie, The Wind Rises, it was, like, he drew, like, 24,000 individual frames or something. It's actually insane, the amount of work he does for his films. That's why they take, like, 10 years to make. And that also remains true for My Neighbor Totoro, which, including Miyazaki, only eight animators were involved in the entire animation of the film. To put that in perspective, uh, 600 people, actually over 600 people, were involved in the animation of Disney's Beauty and the Beast, which came out uh, like seven years later. So how does Hayao Miyazaki's in- involved in distinctive animation style inform the palette of the film?
2: Um, I think that he he really kind of um with a lot of the animations he digs into that sort of like childlike wonder um especially like i i noticed on my second rewatch the uh, compared to a lot of other studio ghibli movies the character designs are a lot feel a lot cheerful like a more cheerful um than some of the other ones and the colors are a lot more um like brilliant than other movies um but then you can also look at the landscapes which are always amazing there's like I looked on HBO and they even have like a supercut of like all the nature scenes um but you kind of have that realism there um that then kind of like contrasts with the fantasy but then you can also play up the nature aspect um which they do when you go into Totoro's kind of world um and his little like hideaway hole um but I think yeah I think this one it definitely kind of it leans on nature I would have to say a lot um because the setting there in is nature it's a countryside and so the you know the conflict is is um set in nature so I think that that was a big one and they kind of made that realistic um but then also contrasted it with the characters yeah
1: Yeah, I think one of the coolest things about Hayao Miyazaki's animation process and the way that he draws from nature is he will often base all of his locations off of real places in rural Japan, and he'll do like watercolors of every scene in the movie, or like how he envisions the movie. He'll hand paint these watercolors, and there's like books that have been published that have all of his like his previs watercolors for Spirited Away and so on. I just they're very magical. Mm -hmm. So my neighbor Totoro is uh getting up there it's almost 40 years old uh how do you think that the animation kind of continuing on that thread the animation holds up compared to modern animated movies especially japanese ones for instance like the new demon slayer movie
2: i think it holds up really well um i'm kind of like with animation i'm a little bit like um reject modernity embrace tradition um I like I think hand draw like hand-drawn animation and like 2D animation (laughs) is really good and is still really important um and I think that these hold up because like you were saying the like attention to detail that they put into planning these movies kind of help them to hold up and then as well like even just like uh, trying to mimic the actual like scenery of Japan keeps it relevant because you're actually trying to emulate these real places that for the most part haven't changed but you know global warming's kind of taking care of that a little bit um but like it makes it feel more real um and just yeah just putting time into them yeah uh i think that's that's really what has it like hold up um rather than maybe some of the anime you know you said the demon slayer although that you know like i'm sure people have put time in it there are uh you know anime is a really popular commodity today and so some products might not have as much care and attention as the 10 years you know the decades that they put into these movies
1: yeah i agree and i think that that just correlates to like any period like the movies that will be the an- animated movies that will be timeless are the ones that have like real care and love put into them. Um, so like My Neighbor Trotter is forty years old, but it still holds up because, like, like any great work of art, it it has a timeless quality because of the like true artistic love that was put into it, compared to something that's mass produced, which will no. just kind of look terrible within five years of being released and is really just there to make a couple million dollars and then yeah. vanish forever.
2: Yeah, like the um straight to video movies from Disney when they found uh, out yeah. that they oh, they were profitable, now we're going to we're just going to pump them out and we'll take our 2D department and we'll just mm-hmm. put them to work in that. Yeah.
1: And like even on that Disney train, I think like looking at well I mean Disney produced at uh, America all the Ghibli movies, but like also like comparing the live action remakes to the original animated classics going back to Beauty and the Beast the beauty and the beast movie at least in my mind is like this timeless movie that kind of just lives in the american cultural consciousness and then the live action remake i forget it exists i'm like unless i'm reminded about it
2: (laughs) yeah yeah that's definitely something and as well like the cgi that you see in there feels less genuine and you can even say that for another disney property marvel like Mm -hmm. if you keep pumping them out if you keep even overworking the artists who do like the graphics then you know it's not going to look good like even like 6 months down the road as we're seeing with like you know black widow and all these movies so mm-hmm. yeah i definitely think that um uh, commercial you know like commercial like products in uh america are really kind of getting the best of like good lasting art
1: yeah i agree and i think like going back to Hayao Miyazaki, he, he often talks about how much he hates anime, which everybody always laughs. at. So like, you're the most famous anime director in the world. Why do you hate anime? But I think it's often misinterpreted as him. Like, he, he doesn't hate anime like as an art form. He hates anime as an industry and kind of what has become this mass-produced thing because he cares so much about his films that he makes. Like, he cares so much that he ends up hating them. <laughs> like, uh, And so I think there is, like, it's easy to it's easy to tell the difference between something that's made with as much care as he puts into it and something that isn't, and it makes sense why he would hate it or why, like Martin Scorsese says, that he doesn't like, you know, Marvel movies. Yeah, it, it makes sense because you see how much work they put into it, and then there's these commercial products that are just kind of. Yeah,
2: yeah, and that's it's not to say like Marvel doesn't have any like thought put into it.
1: Oh yeah, no, not at all.
2: Or, like, um, I especially want to note, like, uh, some American movies that, like, just, like, have come out in the past few years, like, Spider uh, into the Spider-Verse, that, like, mm-hmm. so much care and craft. To, yeah. Like, the 3D animation has been, like, uh, work has been put in. And, like, even with the plots, like, I think that's also important because oh, yeah. um, you can't have a movie without a plot, so.
1: Yeah, and then kind of on the flip side, I think Ghibli has, like, one of their more recent movies, I forget what it's called, uh but they like that 3D animated one.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: That one came out recently and it's kind of the inverse where it's like, we're hyping up Hayao Miyazaki so much, but Ghibli, like all studios, the producers at a certain point are there only to make money and it really comes down to the individual artists to make mm-hmm. quality work. But before we get into like a whole discussion of the future yeah. of the <laughs> animation industry, um. I wanted to talk about, uh, quote, the film critic Charlotte O'Sullivan said of My Neighbor Totoro when it came out. She said that Hayao Miyazaki's charming children's adventure is not as complex or as tense as Spirited Away. So basically she's saying that despite how charming of a film it is, it's a weaker film than some of Hayao Miyazaki's other work because it's lacking complexity or tenseness. Do you agree or disagree with that sentiment and why?
2: Um, I think I I think I disagree with that because I think that yeah surface level yeah I mean it's just kids but if you you know if you look deeper and maybe you've kind of like watched other studio Ghibli movies like you you notice the underlying plot um like developments that are, like there, like the whole movie, like I feared for the mother. I was thinking about her. And like, you know, you have these little things that come up and you get scared because of that. And like, I don't know, just like little things like that. Like you have the 20-minute um like scene where it's tense and you don't know where uh where May is. Um, but like there are little things and there are like intellectual like uh emotional um it, like intensity of like growing up um and um uh, like moving um and i think that's that's really important but then it's also kind of they're highlighted by the happy parts by the the like mystical parts um and yeah i think that that's really important. I I think that yeah, you could probably make the the um argument that overall it's not as tense as spirited away, but I think that it would be kind of a crime to just overlook the the really good um ideas that are put in there about even like sisterhood as well. I think it's mm-hmm. like really important. Yeah.
1: I agree. I think like tense, the tenseness doesn't necessarily matter. And then the complexity is found in subtle, very subtle things. Like There is a lot of complexity there. And if I'm being honest, this quote that I pulled was one of the only negative reviews I could find of the movie. Uh, but, I, you know, that's how it is. It's a great mm-hmm. movie. Um, and like just to kind of add another layer to that, does it even matter that even if My Neighbor Totoro is less tense, we kind of already answered this, but is less tense or maybe less complex, Thin a movie like Spirited Away, does that even matter, or is my neighbor Totoro maybe trying to be trying to be a different kind of complex than? a movie like Spirited Away or Princess Monument, Okay or so on.
2: Yeah, I think like we were saying earlier, I think it's definitely, Studio Ghibli has these different like genres within the animation, which really helps to exemplify on like a another note that animation is a genre, it's a it's a medium. Um, and I think that what they do is like, you know, specific movies, you have specific things like, um, I think there's there's one movie, I haven't seen it, but My Neighbor, the Yamadas, is like, you know, they try different animation styles, they try different, like, comedic styles, um, and then, you know, you have, like, all these different movies, so I think what this one was trying to be is, like, you know, a children's movie with this, like, uh, you know, magic and fun, but, you know, also have those complex... Um, like topics. It's not trying to be like a a war movie, like Princess Mononoke, or, you know, like a big grand adventure, like Spirited Away. It's trying to fit that kind of niche of the, you know, I guess you could say comfort movie. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that's very much kind of the theme. And I think another movie I would put in this sort of like pseudo-ghibli comfort movie, like genre um is Ponyo as well which yep. um you know it's kind of those movies where people are like oh those looks like they're for kids like oh funny like totoro and like ponyo and stuff but uh they do have like themes underneath that are like yeah. interesting to think about i mean not for kids but for like adults or for the older uh, people who are going to watch it
1: yeah totally i agree i think um with my neighbor totoro on Kiki's delivery service as well. Uh both of those movies, while presented as like comfort movies or like conflict free kids' movies, that's not even that's not a slight against them. That's just one of the strengths that are then aided by so many other layers of thematic depth and different themes. Those are all of my main questions. If you have any other final thoughts that we'd like want to discuss.
2: Um. Yeah. I. I just want to. I. This isn't like. I know this is the roundtable for. Um. You know. Uh. My neighbor Totoro. But. You know. Kind of. What I th- think. What I want to highlight with uh, Studio Ghibli that I've noticed is that I really love. You know. I. I like their uh, fantasy. Uh. Kind of stuff. But I. What I really love is their real. They're kind of realism movies like Whisper of the Heart, like Only Yesterday, which are two of the favorite uh Studio Ghibli movies that I've seen so far. Um and I just think that uh they're just so rich in their writing and in their especially only yesterday in the visuals and in the yeah. you know how the visuals play into the storytelling. And I think that uh that's like a really cool part of Studio Ghibli that I hope, you know, like maybe not kids will look at yet, but like that adults yeah would go back and like watch them. Um yeah, I definitely think that um it's good. And then also just like uh I didn't grow up on Studio Ghibli. Um I think the only one I really saw when I was a kid was Ponyo and um in The Secret Life of Arietti mm-hmm. because they were popular, they had gotten the dubs. I know I remember like they would get the A-list actors and celebrities to do the dubs, which a lot of the dubs are really good actually only yesterday being like one of them that I thought was really good um but uh you know I just wish that we'd kind of push these movies more I guess towards like uh kids and then also towards like teenagers um because I would have I would have loved like growing up I guess with uh I think Kiki's Delivery Service I would have loved growing up and um you just like my neighbor Totoro. I may not have understood them, but, um, I think they're, they're really beautiful pieces of work that, you know, everyone should, uh, experience.
1: Yeah, I fully agree. I'm someone who did grow up with them and it was great. My neighbor Totoro was like one of the staple movies of my childhood. Um, and I, they were a great part of my childhood. Uh, and so, you know, is the best time to see them with their getting like 4k re-releases, uh, Take your kids to the yeah. theater. Go watch Ghibli movies.
2: Yes, I hope they re-release. Come on, Whisper of the Heart in theaters. <laughs> that's one of the ones they don't really do. I also hope they do. Uh, they do uh, The Tale of Princess Kaguya, which I haven't seen yet, but I really want to see it because I've heard it's yeah fantastic.
1: Yeah, and that's the same director as Only Yesterday. Yeah, uh, I said Takahata, the unsung master.
2: There we yeah. There we go.
0: you've been listening to Film Club, a production of Alaska Team Media Institute. Our show's theme music was composed by Kendrick Whiteman. Alaska Team Media Institute is based in Anchorage, Alaska. You would like to acknowledge the Dena'ina people whose land we work on. Many thanks to supporters of our podcast, including the Alaska Community Foundation through the 2022 Healthy Communities Arts, Culture, Play Grant. The views expressed in this program do not necessarily represent the views of our sponsors, Thanks to our listeners who contribute to our programs and help us leverage additional funds and grants. If you'd like to support Youth Voices in Alaska and help keep our podcast going, you can support us through Patreon. It's a membership platform that makes it easy for you to support creative endeavors like at me. Just go to patreon.com slash Alaska Team Media. You can also help out by subscribing to, rating, or writing a review of our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Every little bit helps us get our stories out there. And if you are a youth ages 13 to 24 who loves movies and is interested in being a part of our film club, go to alaskateenmedia.org join. Or you can email us at news at We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Alaskateen Media. Follow us for all sorts of updates. For Alaska Teen Media Institute, I'm Jordan Kell. Thanks for listening.